Welcome to Element, the student ministry of Third City Christian Church. To find out more, go to thirdcityc.org slash students. I want to tell you one of the things I truly, truly love about student ministry, you guys, is I feel like I see things in you that you don't even see when you look in the mirror. It's like I have the opportunity to look at you from a different vantage point, maybe a different angle, that I see things that you don't even see in yourself when you, uh, when you think about your giftedness, your abilities, uh, things like that. That is, it's almost like you are, you are blind to some of the great qualities that I see in you as students. And, and I feel like... like I get asked all the time, you guys, like, when are you going to grow up and become a real minister, right? It's like kind of a joke because I'm like the junior youth minister, right? I'm not that at all. Like, my coworkers don't, like, they don't make me feel that way at all. But people are like, hey, man, you're going to be a senior minister someday and preach to the old people. And I'm like sitting here going, why would I ever want to do that? When I get to hang out with you guys, when I get to see potential life, the ability to change the world in the eyes of young people like yourselves. I love that I can sometimes see things that you cannot see yourself. And the reason I bring that up is because um, we are constantly asking you guys to step into shoes, to rise up, and to be something that you're currently not. We're asking you to take a Take a step, maybe just one step towards God, or if you've already taken a step towards God, maybe taking one more step in another direction towards God. And we're constantly asking you to do this. And here's the crazy part, is some of you are actually doing it. Now, I get this, like a lot of you guys in this room, especially when we start off a school year, you're like brand new, and so when we go over rules of what it means to be here, it's like, hey, don't be a jerk. That means like don't steal people's hats, don't steal their drinks, don't throw their stuff in the trash, like don't be an idiot. All that falls under don't be a jerk, right? And, and the idea of when you're going to be here, be here, we just want you to be present, to give God the opportunity to be heard. And maybe it's not God having the opportunity to be heard in your life, But because of what you are doing, the person behind you is completely distracted. And that almost throws you in a demonic role when you're that distracting. But I love being here because I see potential in every one of you. And some of you are crazy enough to step towards God. And some of you are crazy enough that you step towards God and you even make a mistake and you realize it. But you go, whoa, wow, that was dumb. I shouldn't have done that. And you get yourself up, you dust yourself off, and you keep stepping towards God. That is incredible in my mind that some of you at 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 years of age are getting your faith in that manner. That at that maturity you are walking in that faith. And here's the deal. God looks at humanity the same way. God has never looked at people and said, all right, well, here's the deal. I'm willing to use... Uh, I'm willing to use Ashton as soon as she gets her life together and she quits messing up and and making all these mistakes. It's going to be at that point that I'm willing to use Ashton to do something great for the kingdom of God. That's not the way God rolls. God sees past the outer of humanity and he sees directly into the heart. 
God uses people like a little shepherd boy named David. Being a shepherd boy was the lowest of the lowest roles within the family. You could, you could pick what you think that job would be in your house. Maybe if you have a dog, it's picking the poop up in the yard. If you got a cat, scooping the cat litter. If you don't do pets, I have no idea, taking out the trash, cleaning toilets, whatever. David was the youngest sibling. He had the job of going hanging out with the sheep. Sheep were stinky, smelly, stupid. And that was David's role. But here's the deal, students. God saw something in David that his brothers did not see in him, that his father did not see in him. His peers may not have seen in him. God saw past everything and said, that is the man I want to use. And here's another thing you need to know about David. He wasn't perfect. This man that scripture says was a man after God's own heart was a murderer as an adult. He had a man murdered because he had... He had, he had committed adultery with that man's wife and he wanted to cover it up by murdering the husband and looking like a hero and marrying the wife. Whole separate story, but the reason I share that with you is that David was an imperfect man. He was a man that didn't get it all the time. He was a man that failed. Talk about failing, failing miserably, right? Some of you guys like commit your life to the Lord and you're like, yes, I'm going to walk with Jesus. And, you, and you, you get home from a camp or you get home from whatever and like you pick your, you pick your, you start running with the same crowd and puffing your jewel and getting drunk on weekends. And you think it's over because you made one mistake. But I want to tell you tonight, students, that God is willing to use and continually uses the imperfect to accomplish his purposes within the church. Tonight's topic is rise to lead. Rise to lead. I don't know if you've looked at your leadership role within a church with any level of seriousness. Some of you are leading and you don't even know it. I, I don't know how you would define leadership. I, here's what I would like you to do. I would like to get a couple brave volunteers that would like to take a stab at defining what leadership is. Who would like to define leadership? I would like three volunteers. I'm going to take, I, I can't take anybody from this section because you guys, are, a lot of you guys are being the turds during worship, so I'm not going to mess with you guys. Melnick, I'll let you give a, come on, how about a high, two high school students? Want to give a shot, defining leadership. Okay, there's, is that A-Train? All right, get up here, get up here, Melnick, A-Train. How about a high school lady? Come on, be brave. <laughs> you're not pointing at people. I'm not going to. Hey, especially because you're my daughter, I'll make you volunteer yourself if you're volunteering someone else. Okay, who's got the black shirt on? I can't see your face. You're standing up. Come on up here. All right. So here's the deal. We're talking about leadership. And, and there's a lot of things that come to mind when it comes to leadership. While she's making her way up. What? Oh, no. I already have one up here, buddy. We're good. Sorry. Don't hate me. You find your way back to your friends. So, so what comes to mind when you hear the word leadership? Someone. What comes to mind? Role model. What else? Okay. Uh, you can't use the word in the definition. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm going to put, that was Ashton that said that. Just kidding. Thanks, Josh. Dante, leadership. I'm rolling the dice here, buddy. You on topic tonight? What comes to mind when you hear Leadership. Money? 
Some people would think that you have to have money to be a leader. We're going to debunk all this stuff tonight, all that stuff. Okay, so how, oh, fun. So here, we're going to go first. Lexi, how would you define, we're going to start with Stephen. How would you define leadership, my friend? With love. He says he would define it with love. Have a seat. Very good. Lexi, you have to talk into my cheek. <laughs> with confidence. Leadership is confidence. Okay. A-Train, talk into my cheek. Leadership is sacrifice. That's a man that knows how to speak into a microphone right there. Leadership is sacrifice. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. <clears throat> so, so here's, what I want, here's what I want you guys to know and understand. A lot of you would go, there's no way that God's going to use me to lead within the local church because what do I have to offer? I want you guys to think at leadership from this perspective. A, a lot of respected leaders in my life have used the definition that leadership is simply influence. Leadership is simply influence. If I have an opportunity to speak into someone else's life and they listen, I've influenced them. I've played the role of a leader. If I am sitting next to someone in an environment and I choose to either help them focus to what's going on or I'm a distraction, I am a leader in that moment. I'm either leading in a negative manner or I'm leading in a positive manner. Anytime that you've texted your friends and you've said, hey, let's do something tonight, and they say, awesome, and you go, here's what we're going to do, you have led them. Anytime that you say, hey, let's, go, let's, let's all go have lunch, let's go to Godfather's for lunch, you are a leader. Anytime that you've had any level of influence with your peers, whether it comes down to the movie you're going to watch, the nachos you're going to eat, the, the restaurant you're going to go to, you guys, that's leadership. I already know that you guys have leadership capacity. The question is, is are you going to submit that leadership capacity to God's authority or are you going to continue to use that leadership capacity for your own selfish motivations? Because I know the truth that, that it's very easy to go, I have the ability to influence. I'm going to use this for evil purposes. I'm going to find a way to influence my boyfriend, my girlfriend, this friend group, to go down a road that God would never intend for them to go. Like, honestly, I'm going to use my influence as simply as this. Like, I hate to make like an image of that, but like, there were groups that were so distracting during Element last week that two rows of high school students were like, I'm ready to punch middle school students. And I go, go ahead. I'll close my eyes. But, but here's the deal. Influence, just the distraction of whatever you think you need to show your neighbor on YouTube that cannot wait for eight more minutes. You have become an incredible distraction and you've used your influence for evil. So students... I want to know, are you willing to step into a leadership role that God is calling you to? God is asking you to rise to lead. You know what God did? God did a crazy thing when, when he sent his son to earth to die for us. And he established the church through his son Jesus. He left the church in the hands of people like me and you. And it's insane that God would do that. 
because we're not perfect. And even the people that Jesus chose at the very beginning to be his followers, a dude named Peter, Peter was not, he didn't go to the churchy training school. Peter was a straight up fisherman. He was a salty, likely foul language dude that was just rotty, muscly, get it done type of guy. And Jesus called him and said, hey, Peter, come follow me. I'm going to make you fishers of men, a fisher of men. Like little did Peter know that Jesus was going, I want to establish my church and I want you to help lead it. Because all Peter knew how to do was to throw nets out in the water and pull fish in. That's all he knew how to do. But here's what happened, you guys. Over a course of three, four years, whatever the time frame would look like, Peter observed Jesus working miracles, loving compassionately, being patient with people, teaching with authority. And Jesus was equipping Peter to be one of his key leaders. And guess what Peter did over and over again? Do any of you guys know what Peter did over and over again over the course of that ministry? He, he screwed up and he missed the point. He missed opportunities. There were moments when Jesus was going, look, I have to die and go somewhere, Peter, that you can't go. And Peter was like, Try me. I'll go wherever you're going to go. I can do whatever you're going to do. And Jesus looked right at him and said, this is a paraphrase. Peter, you're an idiot. You don't get it. But he used stronger language. And he said, get behind me, Satan. You're not about my purposes right now. You don't understand what God is doing here. You need to shut up, listen, and follow. Peter was a guy that constantly got it wrong. But you know what Peter did? He would get up, he would dust himself off, and he would go, all right, Jesus, I'm ready for the next round. It reached this, it reached this uh, do you guys know what a crescendo is? All you music people know what this is. It's like the high point. It's like any, the high point of a, of a song. Would I be right, the crescendo? What is it? Anyways, anyways, forget it, forget it, forget it. It reached this apex of Jesus' memory. Ministry, the top. Listen, Jesus had been arrested. Jesus had been wrongfully accused. And he was about to be crucified for your sins, for my sins. He was under trial. Peter, the tough fisherman, was standing off in the distance. Maybe keep him warm by a fire. Someone walks up and goes, hey, you're, uh, you're with that Jesus dude, aren't you? Peter goes, Ah, nah, don't know the guy. Don't know the guy. Don't know what you're talking about. A few minutes later, someone else comes up and says, dude, no, no, no. You, like, you talk like him. You're, you're from the same area that he's from. Peter goes, seriously, I, I don't know the guy. I don't know what you're talking about. Third person comes up and says, no, I saw you with him. Peter, like, gets enraged. And, and, and Scripture says that he interrupts and goes, I don't know what you're talking about. Some of them would say that he used like strong or maybe even foul language. I don't know what you're talking about. I have no clue who the man Jesus is that you're talking about. The book of Luke says that at that moment, Jesus made eye contact with him across a room during his trial. Could you imagine looking your Savior in the eyes in the moment that you betrayed him? 
Peter had fallen down worse than ever. No one had, up to that point, I don't believe anybody had fallen any worse and felt like they had failed Jesus any worse than Peter. Could you imagine that moment? Because Peter was human. But God uses people that don't get it right every single time, but they have to be types of people that are willing to have grit and are willing to do the work and to stand up and to dust themselves off and to do it all over again. And Peter ended up, students, Peter ended up being one of the, one of the few people that were going to be key in establishing a church that would have global reach and global impact. You want to know the proof of Peter's work? You're sitting here. The proof of Peter's work and his obedience with a few others in the work of the Holy Spirit. The fact that you are sitting here is proof and evidence of Peter's obedience and Peter's leadership. And I'm telling you, Peter was a nobody that would have never seen himself as a leader. Would have never pictured his influence on anyone. His job was to throw nets in the water, to pull fish in, take the fish to market, cash in, go out and do it the next day over and over and over and over and over again. Some of you, you feel that monotonous about your lives. You don't feel like there's any level of influence that you could have that would make a difference in this world. I want to rebuke that thought right now. And this is why. Students, you have the ability to be love unlimited to the world around you, to just one person. You have the ability to be compassionate, unfiltered, unjudgmental love to one person. And students, that is the purest form of leadership, whether it's sacrifice, whether it's, whether it's humility. Like when we look, at, we look at Philippians, this is a letter that another instrumental person in the church movement wrote. He said this, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if you have any tenderness, compassion, then make my joy complete. Bring joy to my heart by being like-minded. Have the same love. Be one in spirit. Listen to these words. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility. Consider others better than yourself. Leadership is that simple. Humbly consider other people better than yourself. Serve them. Instead of being selfish with your actions, be compassionate and humble and giving. Rise above what this world is and what this world thinks a leader is and step into humility and sacrifice. It goes on to say this. Each of you should not only look to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And I'm going to read these last six verses. And students, I want you to focus and worship this out. We're going to go right into this song. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, 
being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Jesus made himself nothing. He took the very nature of a servant or a slave is what that translation is. Being made in human likeness, he left paradise, came to earth. He was found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, death on a cross. Therefore God, because of his willingness to humble himself and to serve and to sacrifice, which is what leadership is, love unlimited in that manner, Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name, that in the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Students, Jesus set the perfect example of what leadership is. Humility, sacrifice, love that has no limit. There is no limit to the way I'm going to love. God is calling you to lead in that manner, very simply, there has to be one in your world that you can step into their world with love unlimited. And that is leadership. I'm grateful that that Jesus is the type of leader that is in the fight with us. We are not abandoned and alone. You guys, that, that song, there's another one in the fire. I don't know if you know the story behind that. Three men that that stood against their culture, three young men that likely could have been like older teenagers were willing to live differently from the rest of the world around them. And because of that, their lives were literally thrown into a fire. They didn't know that Jesus was in there with them and protected them. And that is a promise that I lean on daily is that Jesus is is in the fire. And so I have nothing to fear in my leadership. I have nothing to fear in stepping out and being love unlimited because Jesus is in the fight, in the fire with me. He's simply going, you gonna step in? We're gonna get to celebrate two people that are that are stepping in with Jesus today. So let's celebrate those baptisms as we continue to worship. Thanks for joining Element. To find out more, go to thirdcityc.org/student.